Hey, I'm Don Bish. This is the Bolster Risk Management Podcast dedicated to helping you through your personal money journey. I am a registered financial advisor and I love helping people, especially with their personal insurance. Right, let's get to it. Episode 51. This is the first podcast since Christmas. Haven't been away that whole time, but I have been plugging away at some interesting projects, but I'm going to tell you about those later on. Today, I'm going to take a deep dive into houses and, uh, well, maybe something else. So, save for a house or do something else. With property prices going through the roof and bank savings rates through the floor, what options do you have? If you do not currently own your own home and you feel squeezed out of the property market before you've started, can you put your money to work in other ways? So, the key things I'm going to touch on. Another back-of-the-envelope calculation. Buy a business instead. Get your money working for you in other assets. So... Another back of the envelope calculation. I obviously get too many direct mail letters as I keep using their envelopes to do quick calculations. My latest iteration was a result of me pondering what people do if they've missed out on property. They may have missed out because the rising valuations are too much for the deposit they've raised or too much for their income serviceability conditions. So I just use some averages. So the Auckland house market has hit $1 million for an average home. Using a 20% deposit will mean needing $200,000. So to save $200,000 over 20 years means saving $800 per month. To save $800 per month at a saving rate of about 10% of income earned requires an income of about $8,000 per month. Now this is net income, I'm not using gross so why 10%? Well, there's every chance that these people will already be paying rent. So they are saving whatever disposable income that they can. Now, $8,000 net income a month requires a yearly income of $96,000 or $140,000 if you want to look at that as a gross salary, assuming that there's 3% KiwiSaver contribution on there as well. Now, I realize that first home buyers can potentially use their KiwiSaver toward the home, and I realize that some people will have family and friends to help them out. but dot, dot, dot. The average household income is about 60000 a year, not 140000 That above example also assumes that people are saving for 20 years. Plus, in the meantime, property prices may well on just keep on rising. Now, you tell me that if you just work hard, you can buy a house. The numbers don't stack up. I'll understand there'll always be many views out there from different perspectives about property. I'm not going to get too emotive or into a political discussion about property. What I am just doing is raising the point that for many people, given the above example, property ownership is going to be out of reach. So, buy business instead? What? Well, look, I heard uh, just before Christmas, I heard a a radio snip on uh, RNZ about a business selling brokering firm advertising that instead of buying a home, buy a business. Now, while I applaud the out-of-the-box thinking, I do wonder at that advice. So buying a business is another way of using your capital, yes, the deposit that you were hoping to use for a home. And buying a business, you buy a cash flow or an income from that business. This is not inherently good or bad idea, it's just an alternative use of your money. If keeping your deposit money in the bank earning, well, I don't know what, 0.5% of an interest rate does not uh, is not appealing or attractive to you, then sure, it's natural to look at other options. Remember, though, that the bank gives you greater security by keeping your money there. 
So moving your money to other assets in search of greater returns is just part and parcel of being in control of your personal finances. Buying a home will likely give you capital growth over time. Buying a business will give you an income, which hopefully you can also grow over time. Both investment strategies are potentially sound. However, there are risks. And you need to understand those risks. Have you ever run a business before? Do you know about the high rate of business failures? Running a business can be extremely rewarding. Done well, you can grow a business, get an income from it, and sell it at a higher price some years later. However, this investment strategy, so look at it as an investment, this investment strategy is not for the faint-hearted, nor are you in any way guaranteed a return on your money. So, getting your money working for you in other assets. Another option available is to invest in another asset class altogether. Investing in securities like the share market can provide a low-stress alternative. Now, most people don't know how to invest. There was a podcast by The Economist recently, which underscores part of the reason why people don't tend to use this asset class. Buying property appears to be easier than understanding stocks and shares. Again, this is not right or wrong, but there are many ways that people can invest without needing to understand the full breadth and depth of the share market. Managed funds have been available since 1860. The funds are from people who pool their money to buy a range of stocks and other investments. Your KiwiSaver is a managed fund. Your superannuation is a managed fund. This is a tried and tested form of investing. You pay a fee to the fund managers so that they can invest on your behalf. The expected returns are usually higher than you'd see at a bank, although the risks are also higher. While the long-term average returns for the NZX trend upwards, stock markets do fluctuate. There is always a risk any point in time that the values of shares will tumble. In New Zealand, we're starting to see more products that are becoming accessible to more people. Unlike term deposits in a bank, where your money might be locked up for three or six months, for example, many managed funds will let you extract your money within a week, three to five days, for example. This is good for people who may need access to the money at short notice. Perhaps for perfect for the short for the uh, for the home uh, for the home deposit that might pop up. You see that home that you want, and you have need access to your funds. This might be the way to do it. Now, NZ Funds have been in New Zealand for a long time. They've launched two products just in 2020 last year that make investing in managed funds a bit easier. They've got their Wealth Builder, which I have talked about before. It's an unlocked KiwiSaver product. Now, that invests in the same funds as their KiwiSaver products, but you can access your funds when you need them. And they've also brought out Income Generator, which is a fund that invests in the top dividend-producing companies in Australia and New Zealand, targeting returns of 4-7% over five years. If property is out of reach for you, there are other investments you might invest in. Before you do, however, understand what it is that you are trying to achieve. Are you putting your money to work for an income or to grow? What is the time frame you have in mind? Lastly, understand the risks of different decisions. If you are unsure, always get professional advice. There's some research from the Financial Services Council late last year that suggests that your investments will be 4% better off if you do get advice. Now, I do need to give a disclosure here. So myself and Bolster Risk Management, we do provide class advice, advice on NZ Funds, QSaver and Managed Fund Investments. And this article does not constitute personal advice. So, usual caveats in place. I've just said it, but I'm going to say it one more time in case you were asleep at the wheel. None of what I've just said constitutes personal advice. I do talk in generalized terms, but I hope to give you enough information to have a robust chat with your advisor. 
If you don't have an advisor or can't remember their name, drop me a line. Uh, you can reach me at bolsterriskmanagement.com on Facebook. You can join us on Facebook. On Twitter, I'm on LinkedIn. My email is dominic at brminsurance.co.nz. And you can book a call with me. Check out the website to find out how. It's pretty easy. If you are new to this podcast, hit subscribe. If you're a regular, well, tell your friends. Share the love. If you want to be able to read the article that goes with this podcast, find it under the blog section of the webcast uh, the, of the website. Uh, there's about 20-odd articles already for you to read. There are free books and other goodies. And finally, I've just finished designing and producing a seven-day online course called Your Money Matters. There is a book by that name on Kindle written by me. It's just a short 10,000 words to whet your appetite. The course covers a range of things, including behaviors towards money, personal insurance, uh, retirement, uh, how to pay off debt, compound interest, and some other basic hints and tips. Uh, you can do it in your own time, and it should be available towards the end of the week that you hear this podcast. Go to yourmoneymatters.co.nz. That's right. That's enough from me. Until next time, see you.